You're listening to WJMF Radio, the beat of Bryant. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down the Wire. I'm Brian Costa. And I'm Zeke Kransdorf. And we hope you guys are having a good day today. We are doing fantastic. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Going to break down some of the uh, crazy storylines going on in the NFL right now. Uh, from the future of Aaron Rodgers to Lamar Jackson's whole debacle in Baltimore and so much more. Also going to break down uh, UFC 285's main title match between John Jones and Cyril Ghosn. And finally, we're going to get back to a tradition that we have not done here on this show for quite some time. It is an XFL segment, so I am really excited for what we, what we have in store there. Um, Zeke, how, I know you're going to be, Oh that man, I'm, I'm excited to talk some XFL. Yeah. That's a segment we haven't done on this show in probably like, oh geez, like three years, probably since the very beginning of the show when Carter Adams was our first ever XFL analyst. So I'm super excited for that. But, uh, first things first, I want to welcome back a, uh, familiar face of the show. He's a good friend of mine and, uh, he's going to have some pretty interesting stuff to say about this, uh, about you know what's currently going on with uh, his favorite quarterback right now and uh, his favorite team. He's a Green Bay Packers fan. He's coming to us live from Poughkeepsie, New York. Mr. Pat Edwards, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm ready for everybody's favorite segment, Old Man Yells at Cloud. <laughs> it, it certainly seems like that. Now, uh, the uh, old man that you seem to be, that you have uh, called your starting quarterback for, you know, the, for the past couple of years now, uh, Aaron Rodgers, his future seems pretty uncertain right now. A lot of people right now are speculating that he's going to be calling the New York Jets his home in 2023. However, he hasn't even confirmed whether he's going to be, you know, playing football next year. So uh, just kind of give me your thoughts on everything right now. And, uh, you know, just what you're thinking about this whole kind of craziness. Well, I've been a big believer in the past couple of years that you shouldn't try to believe anything until it comes out of Rogers' mouth. Yeah. He really doesn't say that much. He just lets everybody talk for him. With that being said, he's now having meetings with the New York Jets organization. He's been in touch with the Green Bay Packers organization. I would imagine that means he's coming back. There's no reason for him to come to New York and talk with the Jets if he doesn't plan on playing somewhere this year. Sure. As for and, where and, he and, ends, and by coming back, you just mean to football. To football. As for where he ends up, I have no idea. We don't know how that meeting went. We don't know if he has other meetings lined up. We know that the Saints are off the table. We know that the Seahawks are off the table. And we know that the Giants are off the table. But beyond that, we have no idea where he could end up. Yeah. Um, he could end up anywhere in the NFC South. He could end up likely in New York. He could end up back in Green Bay, which probably isn't the best move for Green Bay. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, he might not even be the best move for New York, as great of a quarterback as he is. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, Pat, you've been seeing Aaron Rodgers, you know, in a fan up close, you're watching him every, every weekend, every week out. And I know that as a, you know, as your friend watching you watch these games, uh, it can be, it's quite the uh, time for you. I know, I know you can get a uh, pretty, uh, <laughs> what amped up. Is that the right, would that be a good word to use? My roommates are more terrified when I'm not yelling. <laughs> yeah, that's like, uh, that's fair enough. I remember, it was like, what was it? I think it was like Packers Colts and the Colts had like a kickoff return for a touchdown and you slammed my leg with a soda bottle. Don't make me watch the first half. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing too. You only watch the first half of Packers games. I explain that. I only watch the second half. Or, or, or the second half. You don't watch the first half. My apologies. 
it's because I'm overly superstitious and I believe that what I say and do has any effect on the game. Now I sometimes don't even get to watch Packer games at all uh, because it's blacked out in New York with the <laughs> with all of the what we have to watch games, sure. or it's at the same time as the Giants game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I am overly invested in something that I have no control over, and it's a very healthy thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds uh very interesting, Zeke. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I I fully understand all the superstition and everything like that. You know, uh, there was one time where, um, you know, our team was uh scoring a lot. I'm, I'm a Patriots fan, uh, born and raised in Boston. So, uh, there was one time the Patriots were scoring a lot uh on almost every single drive, uh, that my my brother was using the bathroom. So I just told him to stay in there. <laughs> yeah. You you can watch a rerun of the game. Just just. will come out with the Broncos fan who gets banished to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Um, but Pat, so you know, Packers last year they obviously uh you know they they missed out on the uh, playoffs, were kind of out of it, and uh you know Rodgers didn't you know have like the the greatest of seasons, struggled at times with uh, Devonte Adams no longer being on the roster. Uh, what do you think about the future of this team so far? I know that uh. You know, that's still kind of in question with his future. But what do you think about the team currently, um, you know, right now? I think that the team currently right now, everybody knows their role. And by that, I mean nobody has done their job. And everybody (laughs) knows what it takes to keep their job another day. Obviously, Matt LaFleur wants to keep Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers gives the best chance to win now. Yeah. With that being said, we're not going to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers in the next year or two, and it's probably time to move on. But that's not the fault of Aaron Rodgers. It's the fault of the fact that the roster around him is so much weaker than it could be and should be and at times was. And whether he bounces back from a weak season on the Packers or elsewhere remains to be seen. He had a lot going on. He was missing his top receiver from the year before. He dealt with injuries. He dealt with a new offensive coordinator. He dealt with a lot of missing links on offense. But if all of those minus the injuries are the fault of the Packers and are going to carry in the next season, as great of a quarterback as he is, why should you expect to reach the promised land? We can expect to go 9-8 and with Aaron Rodgers or 9-8 and with Jordan Love. And if we can try to find a quarterback of the future or at least dump cap space and maybe pick up significant draft capital. That's probably the way it look right now. Yeah. Now, Pat, I want to ask you about Jordan Love. Um, you know, was drafted, what was in the 2020 draft he was taken? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, you know, I think it was the 21st pick. Something like it's that. Like I think tw- it was like, I, yeah, like kind of a mid round kind of first round selection. And, you know, at the time, you know, the Green Bay Packers, they had, were looking for a potential wide receiver, someone to compliment Adams with, or just take another weapon. And that, I remember that pick stirred up a lot of controversy at the time. Uh, uh, love has touched the field a couple of times. I know he had that one start in KC when, uh, Rogers missed, uh, when Rogers missed the game due to COVID protocols and whatnot. So, uh, Pat, if he is the quarterback of the future, how confident do you feel in him from what you've seen so far? We haven't really seen it. We saw a game in Kansas city. We've seen a half here and there. We really don't know what we're getting. Yeah. And so I would, as a Packers fan, regardless of who our quarterback is, go into the season with zero expectation for winning a Super Bowl, which is going to be weird because that hasn't happened in about five years in Green Bay. Sure. We might end up with the next Aaron Rodgers. That's what happened when Brett Favre went to the Jets. We've seen that one before. We might not. Mm -hmm. And at the very least, if we don't, 
we're probably going to have a much better roster and a lot more money to spend to improve the roster. And maybe we end up with a good draft pick to try to draft quarterback in the next year. But the way I see it is Rodgers is tempting mediocrity and love is rolling the dice. Yeah. We have no clue what's going to happen, but it's worth a shot seeing. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you said that uh, kind of going off Rodgers, you know, you were talking about mediocrity and just like kind of sticking where he is. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, multiple time MVP. So he is a Super Bowl champion. If he were to go to a new team like the Jets and possibly get a new sense of motivation by being with a new team, kind of similar to maybe what Tom Brady did with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, got out of a kind of a stagnant situation in New England. Uh, do you think that do you think he could return to an MVP form? You know, he's just turned 39 years old. Uh, how do you think he would perform? I think he absolutely could. We'll see what he's like. Hopefully he's healthier this season. Yeah. Obviously the Jets are a more complete team. A lot of flack was thrown at Zach Wilson this year. They might be a quarterback away from competing. They might be a quarterback away from doing what the Rams did a couple of years ago with Matt Stafford coming in. Yeah. And nobody looked at Matt Stafford coming out of Detroit and thought that he was going to have a 40-touchdown, 4,000-yard Super Bowl season, but he did. Anybody who watched the NFC North for the past 15 years could have told you that he has a chance to do something really special if he has better players around him. Well, we've been watching the same Tate play with Aaron Rodgers for the past 10 years, where if he had a better roster around him, who knows what he could have done, yet he still did everything he has. If he plays with a complete team and he comes back healthy and in a good state of mind and ready to play, if he comes back with that New York Jets team, it could be very dangerous. Yeah. Now, Zeke, I know that you have, uh, you know, do you have kind of a breakdown of the Jets and maybe like a maybe if Rodgers was to go there, you know, how do you think that whole t- offense would really, uh, you know, kind of work around with him? See, they're they're a very uh, I feel like they have a lot of pieces yes. there. You know, they have uh, like Elijah Moore. He's a good slot receiver. Um, they have good running back in Brees Hall. They have Garrett Wilson now. They have a lot of pieces. Their defense they is got always Uzama. Been solid. They got Uzama from the yeah. From the they have CJ Uzama. They have pieces there. We just haven't seen all of those pieces stay on the field consistently together with solid quarterback play. Sure, you know they've had Zach Wilson. He's he's been just awful. Um, you know they're, they're, <laughs> he's been atrocious. And I, I'll say this: I went as Zach Wilson as a Halloween costume this year. Uh, but it right before everything went down with him, right when he still kind of had some weird street cred because of the whole like BYU teammate thing. Like yeah. I, I, I did it cause it was funny at the time. Now, now it's just like, now yeah, it's sad. yeah. Now it's just like a very sad costume. If I look back on it, Um, you know, you had Mike white try his best. Honestly, uh, Mike white, Mike white is, he was better a- than Wilson. Absolutely. For what Mike White should have been, Mike yes. White did fantastic. Absolutely. Mike White is not going to be a first ball Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> and that's what the Jets could be getting. And we need to see, too, who else joins him. Yeah. The Bucks team in 2019 that Jameis Winston has had was not the Bucks team in 2020 that Tom Brady had. A lot of big names started to come because they got a higher caliber player at quarterback. We'll see if the Jets do that because the distraction is Zach Wilson is gone. And it's the last chance to try to win a ring with yeah. one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. No, I definitely agree. The idea of ring chasing could be a, a potential there because, you know, you had Leonard Fournette go to – you had yeah, Leonard Fournette go, go to go Tampa. Good Tampa. Uh, you had Rob Gronkowski come out of retirement. So 
Uh, Pat, you Dominican made... Sue as well yeah. came over. I Dude, mean, Antonio Brown. Yeah, <laughs> that was the biggest one too. See, I think I think my thing now, uh, now he's uh now he's catching passes at Rolling Loud, but it's uh he's doing it. <laughs> if if Aaron Rodgers does go to the Jets, it is imperative if you're a Jet like if you are the Jets, it is imperative that you get Rodgers as early as possible mm-hmm. so you have the off season. The, yeah, you have the off season in front of you. You have these top priority free agents coming out and you're able to get as many free agents to buy in to your organization, buy into your cause as much as possible. Now the jets as great as their roster is, they have to play the, like they have to play some powerful teams twice a year. The dolphins are revamped. Uh, you know, the Patriots are still, they're not, hmm. the, Belichick, the Pat- Belichick will give you a game. That, yeah. That's the thing. The Patriots can be a winning team. The, yes. the Patriots absolutely can be a winning team. Uh, if they had even a semblance of offense last year, they were, you know, one game out from the playoffs. Patriots would have been a team if it weren't for a single fumble. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or a single backwards ladder. It, we're not backwards talking about lateral. We're not talking about yeah. that. any of those. Plays. Uh, but and then you also have the bills too. The bills are in the, it's a stacked, stacked AFC East. So, so even if Rogers and the jets are a, a combination team, I really, I don't know. Like, it's it's still gonna be tough to make even the playoffs. Yeah, that that I mean, listen, I I I look at this AFC East right now, and I'm just like, if the Patriots, if well, if the New York Jets get Aaron Rodgers, I can't see the Patriots finishing any higher than third, most likely fourth. I that, I cannot see that envisioned. Um, listen, I think that Miami this year, the fact that they were able to get as far as they did with Skylar Thompson as their quarterback is a was nothing short of a miracle. And if you get Tua, you know, back in the right, you know, lack of a better word, headspace, um, he could uh, really do some damage down the stretch. And I think that, uh, you know, especially if they got him some we- some more weapons on top of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosecki, uh, it could be very interesting there. Maybe shore up that backfield could be. That- oh, absolutely. They they should be one of those people who's looking at the running back free agent market mm-hmm. and just like salivating if someone doesn't resign. Absolutely. So that would be uh, if Miami is able to pull that off, it's going to be a very difficult road for the New England Patriots, especially since the Jets for the past, what is it, four or five years now have been an automatic two wins easily. Um, so if they if that becomes more difficult with Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a very uh, difficult time in that AFC East for the Pats. So that's going to be something to really look at. Um, you know, whether Mac, whether Mac Jones is able to, uh, you know, kind of bounce back in year three with Bill O'Brien will remain to be seen. Um, but Pat, do you have any final thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, any of this stuff, if he is to go, um, what, you know, what, you know, just any final thoughts. Obviously every fan of every team, it doesn't matter whether you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs or a fan of the Houston Texans, you would like to see your team hoisting the Lombardi trophy. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I would have a great amount of satisfaction if I were to see Aaron Rodgers go somewhere like New York and win the Lombardi Trophy while we're rebuilding. I would have an immense amount of satisfaction. Okay. Uh, if that is to happen, uh, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, in, in your mind, do they have the do they have that um, leg up in the AFC East? Like, do you could you see them winning that division? Like, are they your favorites, or do you still have the Buffalo Bills? Obviously, there's a lot of question marks in that division, but yep. there's question marks for every team. We need to make sure Rodgers meshes, Rodgers can come back and play at the level we know he has been capable of playing up. We need to make sure that the team stays healthy. But then again, 
We need to see if Tua can stay healthy. We need to see if Mac Jones returns to 2021 form or progresses. And even with the Bills, the supposed powerhouse in the division, they just lost their defensive coordinator. There have been a lot of shakeups after that loss to the Bengals in the playoffs. Sure. We'll see if Sean McDermott and Josh Allen have what it takes to stay at top. And even if they do, the Jets don't need to get to the top. The Jets were 7-10 and 10 without Aaron Rodgers, almost in the playoffs. A game difference, and the Patriots were on the outside looking in. One or two games is the only difference it needs. And let's not forget, in 2010, Aaron Rodgers was 8-6 and six with two weeks to go and had to win every game of the regular and postseason to win the Super Bowl, and he did it. Yeah. So yeah. we could see a team that is 9-8 and eight go all the way, and 9-8 and eight is all it takes. You can get that in third place. Same to kind of go off another situation, which is this, which is that this is becoming eerily similar to with the uh, when Tom Brady went to the Bucks, he they did not win the division that first year. They were a wild card team, and they you know they had to play that extra game, and they won the Super Bowl that year. So it's definitely something that's possible. Uh, could be very interesting uh, down the stretch, especially if they got in there. I feel like the Jets could be one of those teams that you know if they mature more throughout the season because they are they are a young team. If they are if they're able to mature through the season, get more confidence. I think they could really make that postseason push. You got 17 weeks to play just well enough to get in. You got 17 weeks to gel. And at that point, you take a young, talented roster with a guy who's been there before, knows what to do, and has all the talent in the world. A lot needs to come together for that to happen, but anything can happen. And I wouldn't call it far-fetched. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Pat, I really do appreciate you coming on the show. I know that you have to run. Uh, it's midterms week. I'll let you get back to that uh, study grind. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Take care, Pat. Uh, yeah, so thank, thank, thanks again to Pat for joining us on the show today. Um, yeah, so Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be some crazy stuff going on there. Uh, you know, we spoke kind of a little bit on the Pats and how they're going to fall in that division. Uh, how do you think Mac Jones is going to return to – do you think he could return to form next year with Bill O'Brien? I honestly do. I and, do. you know, maybe maybe I'm just – I'm a Pats fan. Sure. Maybe I'm optimistic. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's someone who is generally familiar with his game. Like, mm -hmm. he wasn't the direct coach. He wasn't the offensive coordinator at Alabama when Mac Jones was there. Mm -hmm. But he knows Alabama's system. Yep. He knows the same system that Mac Jones uh, was kind of brought up in. And I honestly truly believe that – with just any sort of offensive coaching uh, that is, you know, coaching uh, mm -hmm. with any sort of knowledge of offense as a whole. Yeah. If, just, there, if there's a coach. Just not Matt Patricia. <laughs> exactly. Just, just literally not Matt Patricia because Matt Patricia, for whatever reason, is proven to be just like incapable of running any facet of a team that is not pure defense. On defense, I love Matt Patricia. I think he's great. I heard that there are some rumors about him potentially getting a job on the Eagles defensive staff. Good great. for him. You know, take I, him. <laughs> I think he – no, and I – honest to God, take him. I don't want just this to be a full team of just Bill Belichick's guys just hanging around here. If you can get him down there and he can produce uh, – and he can be kind of a quality guy for you, get him down there. I think he could actually do a really good job. But um, I do think Mac Jones can return to form. I think that, uh, you know – you know, just last year, just the way we ran the offense, it felt like there were two separate offenses, one for Bailey Zappi, one for Mac Jones, and it just never felt like he got a fair shot. Yeah, it, it really wasn't. The schemes weren't weren't great. It was it was Bush League. It yeah. really was. It, and, it was, yeah. Uh, you know, that's you, you can't win in the NFL consistently with a Bush League offense. No. I mean, like the, the San Francisco 49ers in that NFC championship game had to run the New England Patriots offense because they were – 
down to Christian McCaffrey as their starting quarterback. And I'll say this, under the circumstances in which they had to run that offense, at, with when you're on your fourth string guy, they ran it better than us. Yeah, it, it like, was like that's the thing. We did sad. that as our starting offense. That was the almost NFC champions, you know, emergency offense plan. And that's what we were doing for 17 weeks this year. It was embarrassing. Yeah. And I'm honestly surprised that we got even as close to the playoffs as we did. Sure. We did not deserve it. No, we not, did not. not in the slightest. No, we did not deserve it at all. But, uh, you know, the, there are some speculation that, you know, maybe the Pats might try to look to do something, uh, you know, instead of Mac Jones next year. I know that, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson just got um, placed with the non-exclusive franchise tag, which, Zeke, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with this, but basically it allows him to, similar to an NBA player, go out and, you know, search the free agent market and see if he can get any offers from teams. And basically if a team offers them, a, they can sign him to an offer sheet, which is essentially a deal. And then the Ravens have the ability to match that deal, and then he would return to Baltimore. Yeah. So that's essentially what he has the ability to do. But if Baltimore chooses not to match an offer sheet and he goes to the team, I believe that other team has to give up two consecutive first-round draft picks, which is a big price to pay, especially since you're going to be essentially helping another team rebuild their entire organization. That's It's a big price to pay, yes. But if you look at the talent that Lamar Jackson is, I think sure. that's worth it. I really do. Yeah. If you're a quarterback hungry team, mm -hmm. like I don't know, most of the NFC South, the Buccaneers, the you know the Panthers, uh, even um, even the Falcons, you know, you have teams that are in need of a quarterback desperately. The Lamar Jackson is your guy. You know, you yeah. see uh, other quarterbacks getting these huge deals. Uh, you know trying to think of a like uh like deshaun, deshaun watson i mean deshaun watson's deal was ridiculous that was a <laughs> uh you know russell wilson's deal um even Derek carr's deal was yeah was... We'll, we'll talk about that too but you know you mentioned the deshaun watson deal which is interesting to me and i was listening to some sports talk radio today like some felger and maz zolek and bertrand just yeah. on like different things like that and uh you know they admit i one thing they had said is you know is it possible that you know lamar jackson could be uh there could be a case where some teams just don't take that flyer on him because they don't want to, you know, give up, give up that offer sheet. And, you know, it's potential that uh, maybe the Ravens and the other owners are in on it. Just like saying like, Hey, don't sign this guy because of his injury history. And maybe they're bad mouthing him. I mean, it's, it's certainly possible. I feel yeah. like a lot of teams, especially after the Deshaun Watson deal are a lot more apprehensive. Yeah. Uh, because you know, they've seen, Hey, two teams, you know, you look at the Browns, you look at the Broncos, two separate teams have paid, huge guaranteed money mm -hmm. to quarterbacks and have gotten what, you know, the Browns uh, and Deshaun Watson looked awful yes. when he was playing. Same with the Russell, uh, with the Broncos and Russell Wilson looked awful when, when he was playing. So who's, who's to say that giving all this guaranteed money is going to guarantee that your team's going to get wins. Yeah. It's, it's really no guarantee right now. And frankly, I think that any team is going to be a little apprehensive to make that deal, especially for, especially for, here's the thing. I think Jackson possibly not playing in that Bengals game at the end really hurt them because if he had played in that game and, you know, Tyler Huntley didn't go out there and, you know, give Huntley credit. He actually played fairly well, but that fumble, the costly fumble. Exactly. But if Jackson was to say, you know what, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to battle, you know, battle through an injury or just like, because I think he said he's just wouldn't be a hundred percent. And I get the idea that, you know, that RG3 came out there and he said, yeah, you can't just put a brace on these things. I tried to do that and I tore my ACL. 
So, so I get the fact that, you know, it's not a surefire thing, but now looking back on it, I feel like Jackson not playing in that game is going to potentially hurt him because it's going to be like, well, you're a mobile character concerns. Well, no, no, not necessarily character concerns, but it's, you know, for a guy who's a really mobile quarterback, if he can't get back for a do or die game and even put like, even if he's, you know, if he was saying, yeah, I just wouldn't be a hundred percent. If he's not able to make it back for that kind of a game and it's like, Hey man, I'm hurt. Other teams are going to just say like, all right, are, are you can, are you going to be playing on a little league schedule? Are you going to be available late in the season if we need you? And I, which, I, which, feel I like, which I just don't know right now with Lamar Jackson's history. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's never like a cut and dry black and white situation, yeah, no. but um, you know, there definitely seems to be a, a lot more kind of questions about Lamar Jackson rather than even other quarterbacks sure. that have, you know, hit the free agent market. Who like is Derek Carr much more of a winner than Lamar Jackson no. is? No, but did I, he, I think Lamar Jackson is a better winner than but, Derek Carr. But did he, did Derek Carr get a contract? Yeah. Yes. You know, it, it you start to kind of like raise these questions uh and I'm not I'm not saying anything about like the NFL or uh, that the fact that their owners are a little bit more apprehensive, but let's just say that I did a I did a study um, about kind of some of the stereotypes and stigma that black quarterbacks uh, face in the NFL, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 seeing some of the effects of that study kind of rear its head, especially when it comes to how not only sports media but also um, you know how the kind of inside talk that we've heard from like owners and everything like sure. that. Uh, about Lamar Jackson, you you hear things like the Falcons owner being like, "Hey, we don't want him." Uh, you know, we have other. I believe the Panthers said they're they're out on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. It doesn't make sense for these teams to just be out on the sweepstakes. Well, uh, unless they don't want to be paying the money. I, I yeah, mean, I, I, I mean the money because I mean, money's gonna, a whole nother. Because here's the thing with Lamar Jackson, especially now with this offer sheet deal. I think that there gives more precedent for owners to now be out because they're going to have to pony up two first round draft picks. So this was a pretty interesting, pretty smart, I think, decision by the Ravens because now teams are going to say, all right, do we really want to leverage two years of our future for this quarterback that we don't even know if, if he's going to be healthy by next year? That's a thing. Cause if, if we're talking 2019 NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson, and there were questions about him getting, getting uh, you know, this type of a contract, I'd agree with you. But with, with the situation that he's under right now, I think it's a different story. Yeah. I mean, it I can I can I can give you that it's a it's a it's not uh it's not exact. If, know, this was pa- if this was Patrick Mahomes, hundred percent. If this was Josh Allen, hundred percent. But because mm. of the situation right now with and yeah, and you can actually make a case because of Allen's injury history too. But especially with a guy like Mahomes. Who went out there and proved, hey, even with a even with a bad ankle injury, that oh even no, Mahomes that, is different. That's, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Exactly. Like so, I don't know, but you know, a couple of years ago, it was you know Lamar and Mahomes. That was the argument a couple of years ago. But Mahomes, but Mahomes has just blown that out of the water at this point. Yeah. So I don't know. It's gonna. It's definitely something that we're gonna have to take a look at. But uh, you mentioned Derek Carr. He just inked a new deal with the New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, cut by the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh McDaniels wanted to move in a different direction and. You know, didn't take long for Derek Carr to find a new home. You know, four years, $150 million. Uh, How do you think he's going to fare in the Big Easy? Uh, I mean, the Saints organization uh, has kind of been in turmoil ever since yeah. Drew Brees retired. Uh, they have... I would say turmoil. I'd say more limbo. 
Yeah, that's that that's a better word for it. They they, they have just been stagnant, existing. They just, yeah, they've they've been there. Yeah, nothing nothing of note. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you look at their cap situation. I don't know how the heck they're affording all of this. I mean, I'll say this: like, I like people talk about the cap and all this stuff, and I feel like a lot of the time, like for these for like a lot of small market teams, and you know, in the NFL, nothing's really small market because these guys are all billionaires. I really don't think it's as big a deal as we're thinking because if an owner wants a guy and wants to get back into a winning situation bad enough, they're willing to pony up the money for it. And I think that's what we saw there. So um, they want they want to get a guy back in there who can, you know, in their opinion, at least win that division, which is a very winnable division yep. now that Tom Brady is gone. Um, frankly, I'd give the Saints the edge now in that division. You know? Well, yeah, they they have they have their quarterback. Um, which is more than you can say about the rest of the yes, division. Exactly. Uh, you know, I love Blaine Gabbard as much as the next person, but or Kyle Trask. <laughs> oh my God. Please, <laughs> please tell me the Bucks are starting Kyle Trask and gonna race with the Texans for the <laughs> for uh, or I don't even know who else would be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Yeah, I don't know either. But that you know, but, oh well, who who knows what it's gonna look like? That's gonna be a very interesting division next year. And something that's interesting about Derek Carr is that. Well, I know too too many people aren't that high on him. And, you know, I kind of am like indifferent on him. I think that, you know, he's people talk about people used to say that Tom Brady was a system quarterback. Derek Carr is a system quarterback. If you get him on a good team with good options, I think he could win you a Super Bowl. If he's on a loaded team, he could win you a Super Bowl. The question is, are the Saints a loaded team? I don't know if they're loaded, but they have more potential, I think, than the Raiders do. And here's another thing that I saw that was interesting. During all of Derek Carr's tenure in Oakland slash Las Vegas, I think his defense ranked towards the bottom of the league. This 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 Saints team last year had the fifth best, I think, something like there was like some sort of defensive metric that had him ranked fifth best in the league. So the thing is, how can Derek Carr do when he has a defense that actually backs him up? Well, I th- I think, you know, defense because de- defense wins games because here's the thing we're not doubting Derek Carr's you know I'm not going to say athletic ability but we're not doubting his arm he still has a great arm and I think that you know you put him with Michael Thomas you put him with Alvin Kamara well um, who else you got on that team down there I not, know I know Kamara's in jeopardy but who else you got on that team down there? uh you have Chris Olave now sure. um, he's a great he's a great wide out trying to think oh gosh who else did they pick up um yeah, I'm I'm blanking. They I don't sure. Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah, I'm well still. You got you do have options down there, and I know there is a situation with Camara. What is the what's the latest on him again? Um I think I think it's like going forward with like a trial, maybe. Okay. So we'll have to see what ends up happening there. But um I'm gonna say like and unfortunately NFL players just are rarely held accountable for these kind of things. So the league might suspend him for some games, but I don't think he will face probably any legal action. Yeah, it's, it's just this is just typically how things go in the NFL. If a guy end up, ends up facing like outside legal action, it's usually a Henry Ruggs kind of situation, which uh, I just don't know if the league will make the, make into this kind of a situation. I just don't know if that's going to be the I case. I mean, we'll we'll have to we'll have yeah. to see. But in sure the but, be a, but, uh, down yeah. the wire episode later on. Yeah. So in the event that he is there, though, and you have that team, that's a pretty good roster for Derek Carr to work to work with. And I think that. You know, he had Devontae Adams last year, was able to showcase some of his ability with him. I know that there were some struggles there at points, but I think if you get him on a well-rounded offense, he can succeed. And I mean, it's at and, least playoff caliber. Yeah, we at least saw that in his first in his first couple seasons with Oakland when he before that whole uh, gruesome leg injury. You know, he was a, he was a very good quarterback at that point. So if you can get him back in a situation like that, I think it could be like a mini 
like a smaller Matt Stafford kind of situation where, yeah. you, where you get him on a team with, you know, more of complete talent. I think he could really uh, showcase himself more. So watch out for that. That's going to be uh, something really interesting going down the stretch. Any other uh, NFL news or segments that you want to talk about? Any, any storylines? I know Daniel Jones just got paid by the Giants. So they're ponying up, they're ponying up some big money for him. Yeah. They put uh, Saquon on the franchise tag, yeah. which or Saquon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gino Smith just got the bag in Seattle, which, Way to go for him, you know. Like, yeah, way to go, Gino. I didn't even know this guy was was still in the league last year. To be honest with you, like, like the fact that he came out had a Pro Bowl caliber season and completely revived his career. He's what thirty two years old now, I think, or thirty three, something like that. You know, yeah. I mean, he got drafted back in twenty thirteen, and I remember when he when he was with the Jets and everyone was hyping him up. And you know, I mean, for a long time, that's I think this is the big thing holding a lot of people back with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. It's the fact that. They're the Jets. Yeah, the Jets are where quarterbacks go to die. Exactly. It, it's quarterback hell. And I think that as soon as Geno didn't work out there, he was just thrown aside like all the other Jets, you know, has-beens. And now we're seeing him revive his career. And frankly, you know, he's a likable guy. He's He didn't write back. And uh, yeah. I, I'm happy to see it. Good for him getting three years, 105 mil. Yeah. It's an awesome, awesome deal for him. And great great for seattle i feel like that's a pretty team friendly contract as well oh yeah and especially at, with the how the quarterback mark is going mm-hmm. and worst case scenario if gino gets injured you still have drew lock as backup yeah and, and and from what we're seeing right now it seems that a lot of that success in seattle was Pete carroll driven and was you know very much system kind of thing so i think that you could really plug and play a lot of guys in that offense so we'll have to wait and see how that whole thing works out but and then definitely... last but not least joe mixon yeah uh, go into that. Yeah, Joe Mixon uh, recently uh, got in trouble with the law mm-hmm. uh, for uh, shooting at kids. Yeah, not great. Not a great look for Joe. <laughs> a tough look for not, Joe not, not a great look for the league either. No, um, not at all. So yeah. that's unfortunate. Yeah, I decided to take some inspiration from John Morant there. Yeah. That, that, take, take some take some John inspiration. Yeah, and that that's a – so I didn't have that plan to talk about, but just quickly – John Morant, man, what the hell is this guy getting himself into? Like, you have some, you have a guy who has everything given to him. And I mean, like, everything. And you have all these people exploiting him. His own father, I feel like, is kind of exploiting him in a sense where he's not, he's not really being like that, you know, enforced, uh, like, like telling him to kind of like knock some of the stuff off. He's kind of just like acting like one of his friends. And it's like, you see him go flash a gun on Instagram Live. It's just a terrible look for him. And I, I, I'm glad that he, admitted to it and said, Hey, I, I'm, I need help. I need to kind of ha- reconcile this, but it's, it's a tough look. I mean, it, it really just comes down to, uh, you know, kind of that try the want and yep. the need, if you will, to acquire street cred. Yeah. E- you're fine. You yeah. don't, you don't need it. You, you already got your bag. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing where I see with a lot of these NFL players where, where it's like, they have like these like petty kind of like thefts and different things like this. And I'm like, you're not you don't have to be a part of that life anymore yeah people do that to get out of that lifestyle you are already out of that lifestyle you don't have to do this like you can separate yourself from this now you can like it it might seem like like not right for you but you can essentially rest on your laurels go up to a mansion in the hills and just like chill out yeah like just you can get out like i think i saw someone 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 say john moran is the only person who's ever been trying to get himself into the hood (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, which is it, it's it, exactly what it is, yeah. it, and it's and that's the thing too, because like from what from what I'm seeing, like John Moran doesn't even come from like that. It seems like he ha- had a very comfortable life growing up. Seems to have had a very 
you know, good and stable family, went to a good school. And it's like, why is he trying to become this person that a lot of people are saying that he isn't? And I, I mean, I, I can't understand it, but you know, I, I'm hoping that street cred. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping that he can get himself out of the situation and, you know, he can just get back on the court and being, you know, the superstar caliber player that he is. You you know what this reminds me of a little bit? What's that? Uh, And I'm going to bring in an obscure music reference here. It reminds me of uh, MC Hammer's attempt at a rap album. Like like a like a gangster rap album. Yeah. It just it doesn't make any sense because just, we we know who you are at that point. Yeah. We know we know you're the, we know who you are. No need to put on an act. No. You're fine. Yeah, exactly. So that's that whole uh situation little kind of off, off kind of like you know off tangent. the script. Yeah, little off the script tangent there, but um I wanted to I want to discuss something that I haven't discussed in a while. I want to get into uh some UFC real quick before uh we get to Zeke's favorite segment of the show. Um, I've, I used to do this a lot with my, uh, with, with my friend, Steve Mushorn. He isn't on, he can't make it right now, but, um, we had UFC 285 this past weekend. And, uh, you know, we had a familiar face returning for the first time in three years. John Bones Jones, the brother of Chandler Jones, uh, fought, uh, Cyril Gon from France. Uh, Gon, you know, is a terrific fighter, but John Jones, hasn't fought since before the coronavirus pandemic. This man comes out and takes out the number one, you know, heavyweight, you know, favorite in two and a half minutes in the first round submission. Unbelievable. Like the fact that this guy is able to do this at 35 years of age. Did did you see the fight? uh, I didn't get a chance to, to watch the fight, but I did watch like clips of it. Sure. I mean, it is, it's impressive, you know, Everyone, I mean, everyone talks about kind of being in fighting shape and everything yes. like that. You know, if you're out of it for a while, you should have some rust. There is no scenario in which you should be able to just sit around for three years, just get right back into the ring and beat the champion. It and, shouldn't happen. And, but that's, it did. and that's the thing, too, because, I mean, you said sitting around. He hasn't necessarily been sitting around. He's been dealing with a lot of other things. I know he's had the steroid allegation. Well, not steroid allegations, the positive steroid tests that he has had yeah. uh, that canceled his fight way back when with Daniel Cormier. Uh, he had, um, you know, most recently that kept him out of for a while was uh, that run in the uh, couple run-ins with the law that he had. So it's not that he hasn't just like been deciding not to fight. He's had his own like, tr- you know, troubles and stuff like that. But that makes this, you know, you know, almost more impressive. The fact that he's been, you know, having to deal with all this other stuff, not necessarily just like working out and just saying like, oh, I don't want to fight right now. He's been doing a lot of off off the uh off the mat, off the court. I don't know what to say yeah. for this guy, but off the outside of sports, outside kind of the octagon. Yeah. Outside the octagon kind of activities. And, you know, the fact that he's able to return to this, you know, this is why people say that John Jones is the best pound for pound fighter of all time, because he can come back, go to the number one guy. Doesn't even need like a tune up fight, like kind of thing. And he just dominates. He's just that freaking dominant. It's insane. And I know right now, some people wish that, uh, the UFC could get Francis Ngannou back and actually get a uh, fight between him and Jones. But Ngannou is a free agent right now. It doesn't seem like he's going to actually ever want to return to the UFC, which is unfortunate. So uh, maybe we get to see something with uh, Stipe Miocic. So that'd be fun. Yeah, that 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 would that would be interesting. I I don't follow UFC as much as I do some sure. other sports, but you got to into it, man. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I here's the thing. I got into UFC during the coronavirus pandemic because when COVID broke out and all the other sports shut down. Dana White said, screw it. I'm going to, I'm making fight Island in like, uh, I think it was like in Saudi Arabia. 
And he brought all the fighters out there and he just had all these crazy fight cards just, just ready to go. And it was insane for like, like every month you had just like star studded guys like McGregor fought. You had, uh, you know, Michael Chandler's debut. Was Khabib there? uh, Khabib. You had Khabib on fight Island. Like, so you had all these crazy guys just going at it. And uh, it was incredible. Like it was an incredible time to be a, you know, for myself getting into UFC, it was awesome. And then afterwards, my buddies, um, my sophomore year, they had the UFC uh, video game, UFC oh, yeah, 3. Yeah, yeah. And by playing that game and, like, doing a couple, like, my careers with it, I was able to, like, learn all the other, like, fighters at the different divisions. And then, you know, when the fights would come up, I'd be like, oh, oh I yeah, 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 I've beaten that guy. I, 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 yeah, well, I, I, that's kind of what I'd say. But, but I'd be like, oh, shoot, I know that guy. Oh, I know that guy. And, like, eventually I was – I kind of had, like, a really good idea of the of the – of the different fighters now with the new guys, it's a little bit more difficult, but I'm starting to get back into it again. You know, some guys like Sean O'Malley, uh, Israel Adesanya obviously is great. And then, uh, you know, some other guys like that. So I'll tell you when I got out of UFC, uh, cause I was, I used to like watch UFC, uh, a, a lot, lot more regularly. Sure. Uh, and then over Christmas. Now I, I will be honest. I'm a little bit squeamish mm-hmm. over Christmas. Uh, I've been 2013. out of 2013. Oh, 20. Oh, so this is, so this was like way back. I was watching you, the UFC fight, uh, with my family. It was Anderson and, oh, no. versus Chris Weidman too, <laughs> in oh. a, uh, in a event. I know me and my family called the rubber leg mm-hmm. when Anderson Silva's leg wrapped around Chris Weidman's knee His uh, what is it? Femur? I think, uh, no, it was the, femur's the high one so yeah it was a tibula tibula yeah yeah his his tibula absolutely shattered tibula fibula anything in that lower part of the leg was gone it was i i i i it still lives in my memory and i i just try to try to erase it every time that i can yeah Yeah. uh, well i don't know if you saw but chris weidman had the exact same injury happen about i see i heard about that i didn't see it yeah i i was i was like stay away we're gonna watch it right now (laughs) (laughs) let's let's watch hey jamie pull that No, but uh, no. So that was a. Uh, I I remember seeing that injury. That one was brutal. And then he tried to stand on it afterwards. Oh, <laughs> kind of what happened with McGregor Poirier three. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I remember McGregor Poirier three because we had like a you know my a couple of my buddies uh from Connecticut, Jake and Tyler. They've been regulars on the show before. Tyler is actually a fellow co-host. Uh, we went to Fenway Park. I remember that day to go watch the Sox play, and then we came back and. You know, myself and a couple of my hometown friends, my sister's friends, we were kind of just like we kind of all got together to watch the fight. And like we're we're all like super hyped up for this thing. And I remember second round, McGregor just kicks and we just see him collapse. And we're like, did he like trip? And then we see the replay. And you're like, ah, oh. we're, we're like, nope, he didn't trip. His leg is shattered. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it was definitely uh, that Hate was, it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, I can't watch the UFC for like a couple like for like a couple of weeks after that. But by the time the next actual like main UFC event rolls around, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, screw it. I'll just get back into it. Why not? And I got out of it for a while, but um, with some good fights coming up, I know Conor McGregor is going to fight Michael Chandler this summer. So that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, we got Israel Adesanya going back for his title belt. And then we have, uh, I just saw Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman are going to do a rematch fight. Okay. So they're going to, you know, Kamaru Usman just lost. I think it was like for the first time in, However long Leon Edwards took the belt from him, so Usman wants that title back, and uh, sure, it's going to be a great fight. Like I, I'm really excited for that fight because that those two have gone at it over the years. So um, that's kind of what we have in UFC news. So Zeke, I'll throw this off to you for the first time in Let's three go. years, and I have to say this because 
we did an XFL segment, I believe, on the first ever episode of Down the Wire, which was February 12th, 2020, right before COVID, right before all this stuff started. And it was when my buddies Tyler Tucker and Carter Adams, we started the show. It was originally just a show with me and Tyler. And then Carter, for the first show, said, hey, can I be your special guest? And I was like, special guest on the first episode? I don't know like how I feel about that. But I was like, you know what? We'll bring you on. We'll have you talk some XFL because we were really into it at the time. It had just started back up for the first time since 2001. So we were like, you know what? Sure, let's get you on. Like, let's do this. And we had just such good chemistry with it. And I was like, you know, Carter, we'll call you the official like XFL analyst, but he eventually became a regular on the show. And then, you know, when, you know, things happen, we went our separate ways with that. But um, I'm really excited to talk some XFL. Zeke, uh, you know, I guess we'll call you the new XFL analyst to Down of the Wire. Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, break down some of the past couple of weeks for us. Right. So first things first, uh, the XFL uh, came back. It's XFL sure. 3.0. Uh, yeah. The second, uh, the first version in 2001, starred by Vince McMahon. Uh, it folded because the football product was not very good. No. <laughs> um, and also they had guys with full-blown concussions just admitting they had a concussion going out and playing in championship games yeah you know there, there was there was a lot of issues with yeah. the xfl version 1.0 they came back for xfl version 2.0 in 2020 mm-hmm. uh and that one was actually it was good it was good football it was great football actually. fantastic spring football uh unfortunately timing really got in the way yes xfl 2.0 uh took off in 2020 and uh i don't think i need to remind everyone what happened in 2020 no. So, I mean, the XFL getting canceled was one of the least uh, important, new, one of the least newsworthy events of 2020, just because of everything. Yeah. So, you know, take three. This one is uh, not from Vince McMahon. It's actually from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, and uh, it's honestly, it should be, uh, I mean, shaping up to be uh, a pretty solid product so far. Seems Every, be, it seems to at least be a good continuation of where they left off. Yeah, each uh, most of the games uh, have been pretty competitive. Um, there's definitely started to be a little bit more of a hierarchy kind mm-hmm. of uh, forming as you do. We're three weeks in now. You're seeing who's pulling ahead. Yeah, you're seeing who has what it takes and who doesn't. Um, so, you know, what uh, what I've seen so far is the top teams uh, – According to the standings in the north, we have uh, the DC Defenders, mm-hmm. who I believe they're undefeated in the. No, oh wait, that was the Houston Roughnecks. Never mind. Uh, so the DC Defenders and the St. Louis Battlehawks mm-hmm. uh, out of the north. Those are the top two teams there. They played last week. Uh, DC came out on top. Um, that that matchup did end with a, a little skirmish, a little fight. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this: so when the XFL 2.0 started, uh. All of us here at Down to the Wire, we were all St. Louis Battlehawks fans because the city of St. Louis obviously got screwed over when uh, the Rams left for L.A. again. And because there isn't any really close team here, we all became Battlehawks fans. And they were actually pretty good at the time. You had Jordan Tiamu at quarterback. I think he had P.J. Walker as a uh, backup. Or was P.J. Walker on a different No, P.J. Walker was, I believe, on the rough net. You are correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I remember we had Jordan Tayamu. Heineke was the backup yes, for the Battle Hawks. That's what it was. So we had we had Heineke, we had Jordan Tayamu, and I remember that was just a real team that we actually enjoyed watching on Saturdays. I'm I'm a I'm a proud I'm a proud Battlehawks fan, Kaka, you know. Fair enough. Um so and then out of the South, uh really the, the biggest team is the Houston Roughnecks. Yes. Uh, they're undefeated under head coach Wade Phillips. Um, and uh, technically the second place team there is the Arlington Renegades. Uh, they 
don't have an offense. I, <laughs> like I res- with all due respect, their defense has willed them to two wins. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing that's really interesting to note, and it, I, it's a team that I think has been a little bit unlucky. Uh, their two losses came against the top two teams in their division. Uh, but they're starting to make some noise. Uh, I think that the Seattle Sea Dragons really have a good amount of talent on their team. Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci is really, uh, he's playing He's playing pretty well. He's leading the sure. XFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns, um, uh, interceptions, fumbles. He's, he's <laughs> leading it in every single passing category. He, he wants to. He's the Jameis Winston of the XFL. Yes. I mean, if he cleans up the fumbles, which is possible, he, you know, in the last game that they played, he, he has the, he has a pretty clutch gene to him. I uh, drove the ball down the field uh, very efficiently, got them the lead uh, or sorry, tied up the game uh, against the St. Louis Battlehawks before the Battlehawks. No, no, he had the lead. It was only a two point lead, though, against the Battlehawks uh, in that Thursday night football week two matchup uh, before Jordan uh, A.J. McCarron was able to drive the Battlehawks down the field, kick a game winning field goal and everything like that. And then in this past game uh, against the Vipers, uh, they were down and on fourth and two, uh, you know, Ben DiNucci just says, F it. Josh Gordon, who's on the Seattle Sea Dragons. And that's the thing, too. Like, this this league, it has a lot of familiar faces that are, you know, kind of just like either guys that, you know, maybe didn't get a fair shot in the NFL, maybe guys that, you know, are trying to work their way back. trying to work their way back. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon is a guy that comes to mind. Martavis Bryant, I know, is in yeah, the he's league. Yeah, he's on the Vipers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ben DiNucci says on fourth and two, F it, Josh Gordon's down there somewhere, launches it, 62-yard game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Uh, see dragons, uh, walk it off in Vegas. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent in this league. There's also a lot of very silly names. Yes. Um, like there, for instance, there's one, uh, there's one name that comes to mind, uh, and it is just, it's, it's so powerful. (laughs) There is a player on the Seattle Sea Dragons, named Regesterman Ferris. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there's another one. Oh, my gosh. Uh, his last name is, oh, gosh. Ranthony Texada. That's another one. So you you have, you can have fun even if you're not, like, a fan of these teams by just sounds enjoying. A, sounds straight out of a Key and Peele sketch. <laughs> yeah, it really does. So we were going through the XFL rosters, me and one of my friends, and we are just scrolling down. We were just like, <laughs> no, it's, but it, it's honestly the product, the product. I, I honestly think this is some of the best spring football that sure. I've seen. Um, You know, every single, almost every single game has been competitive. You have the Vipers and the Renegades. That's a two point game. Uh, The Battlehawks, had an impressive comeback against the Brahmas week one. Uh, they were implementing some of the new XFL rules, um, which I, I can I can get into a yeah, little bit. Yeah, break down a couple of those. So kicking is a lot different. Um, for kickoffs, uh, you have players lined up at the 30 and 35 yards uh, yard line, respectively. Uh, and they uh, no one from those 30 and 35 yard lines can move uh until the kick returner catches the ball. It it prevents injuries. 
It is, it still uh, has exciting possibilities for kick returns. You, the only players that are not lined up five yards apart from each other are the kicker himself and the kick returner. Other than that, it's just a wall of people. And it it's honestly made kick returns pretty exciting. Sure. And it makes sure that there are no touchbacks. Yeah. Which I, I enjoy. Seeing a touchback is kind of boring. Mm. Uh, for punting, there is no more coffin corner punts. Okay. They uh, If the ball goes out of bounds uh, past the, I believe, 35-yard line, the ball will be placed at the 35. Really? So it encourages punt returns as well. Um, I'm, Pat McAfee must be having a field day. And then, <laughs> like that, and then on top of on top off. of on top of all of this, there is no point after kick. Ooh. There is options for a one point conversion from the two yard line. Yes, I've so I've heard about the these. two point conversion from the five yard line, or a three point conversion from the ten yard line. Mm-hmm. And that three-point conversion really opens up a lot of possibilities because we had a situation week one where the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks were down to the San Antonio Brahmas. Uh, I believe they were down 15 to three. So they were down by 12 points. Yeah. And the Battlehawks go down. They score a touchdown. They get the three-point conversion. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, it's a field goal game. Yep. And then they implement an, another new rule, which is instead of an onside kick attempt, mm-hmm. you can still attempt an onside kick if you want. Yes. But you could also attempt a fourth and 15 play mm-hmm. from the 20-yard line. And if you convert that, your drive continues. Yes. So what the Battlehawks did was they converted that fourth and 15, drove down the field, and then scored another touchdown and won the game. Mm-hmm. So... Some of those new rules you gotta you gotta see uh, in play, and then you know the Seattle Sea Dragons lost to the DC Defenders because of a goal line fumble by Ben DiNucci. Now the fourth and fifteen play, which is something that I know people have I kind think of the USFL th- did that as well. Yeah, and it's something that I think that the a lot of NFL fans have been wondering if that's something that could make that make its way to the actual NFL. Um, is that is that a rule you'd like to see the NFL implement, or or do you or do you like just the idea that the onside kick it's because of how limited an opportunity it is like the fact that they actually have to risk something like that. Do you want to see teams like the Kansas city chiefs just doing these fourth and 15 plays every time if they're down, or do you want to see, you know, all you want to see that special teams area of the game really have to get emphasized. I was never, I was never a huge uh, special teams uh, player sure. when I was playing sure. at least. Um, so I don't have that kind of sentimental value for the yeah. onside kick. I, I like the idea of a fourth and 15 play. Sure. It is not, easy to pick up 15 yards in one play no so i think that having a fourth and 15 play is a great possibility um i i honestly think that if the nfl implemented it it would be superior because the no one like it's when was the last time you saw a successful onside kick recovery it's been some time you know they have made the rules and even harder it, to get an onside kick recovery. So why why not? Yeah, and even if you get that onside kick, like even same thing with the fourth and fifteen play, it's no guarantee. So like the when when's the last time you've seen that successful onside kick, and then it actually leads to them going down and winning it. Like it's not like the it's it can be a very rare thing. So you make a good point with that. Um, if you had if fourth and fifteen play, if you have any quarterback right now that has to convert it, who's that guy? Fourth in the NFL, yes, NFL. I I mean it's it's hard to kind of count out someone like 
Pat Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I feel like Jalen Hurts might be the underrated option because he can definitely run 15 yards with his legs. Mm -hmm. Make a man miss. Yep. Like Lamar Jackson when he's healthy. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think Joe Burrow. Absolutely. Oh, Joe Burrow's got ice in his veins. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, any of those guys, I think they can make that play, which would make a lot of those NFL games interesting down the stretch and would really make, t- would really have to have those defenses step up because it's a one shot play. Like that offense has to go for it. Could be really interesting. So uh, Zeke, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know it was pretty last minute, so I do appreciate the, uh, I, I know you got your hot tea with honey. I, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> got a got a little singing rehearsal later for for the musical. Oh there. man, I didn't know that, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> nah, don't worry. All right, as I hope your boy stays in tune for the remainder of this show. But, uh, you know, we're gonna send this thing and have it be uh all down to the wire now. So I mean, if you want me back for more XFL content, I would love to be uh, back on. I mean, I, I I love to have you back. I don't know about these guys, but I sure I sure uh would like to have you back on. So uh, we're now down to the wire. I'm gonna wrap up what we talked about. First things first, uh, thanks again to Pat Edwards for coming on the show. He zoomed in for a little talk on Aaron Rodgers and, you know, possible speculation that he'll be going to the New York Jets. We talked about that, how the uh, as well as how the New England Patriots will fare in a potential new look AFC East. We got, uh, you know, dove into the latest on Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr and also previewed the UFC. uh, Well, not previewed. We reacted to UFC 285, John Jones uh, submission against Cyril Ghosn. And finally, we had a old segment come back to the show, XFL. Zeke led that segment. So, Zeke, thanks again for doing all that. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I, I love talking. I love talking football. Love talking some XFL, baby. Absolutely. So uh, if you guys aren't following down the wire at this point, make sure you go. Make sure you guys go follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those streaming platforms. We're also on YouTube. And you can find us on Instagram at down.tothewire. Again, at down.tothewire on the IG. Zeke, anything you want to shout out for yourself? Uh, just shout out my family. Uh, you know, as 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 always, uh, supporting me. You know, keeping keeping me sane. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, from down the wire, I'm Brian Costa, and I'm Zeke Kransdorf, and we hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Take care, and peace out. W J M F Radio.